0: Hello, see-me, hear-me, love-me podcast listeners. I have missed you. It's been a long time since we've put up a new podcast, but I want to tell you a little bit of what's been happening. Um, I do hope to be back to podcasting in the next month, uh, but in the meantime, we're launching another podcast. It's called The Language of Ahava. And I have an excerpt that I want to share with you. So we, this is a podcast that's done with Rabbi David Steinhardt from Bene Torah Congregation, and the it's a conversation about the connections of love for families, for our children, for one another, and. It's what happens when a rabbi and an early childhood teacher get together. So I want to share with you episode number four, and it's called Monster Big Feelings. I think you'll really enjoy um, listening to Avi Steinhardt, a psychotherapist, and his blue monster, Louie. Here's that podcast, and um, hopefully you'll join the Language of Ahava subscription list as well. I will be in touch Thank you so much for still being out there. Bye-bye. Welcome to episode number four of The Language of Ahava. And this title today is my favorite. It is Monster Big Feelings. Because as you can see, or you will hear shortly, we have a very, very, very special guest today. But I'm here. I'm Karen Wester. I'm the teacher part of the podcast. And with uh, me I'm- is...
1: I'm David Steinhardt, I'm a senior rabbi at B'nai Torah and happy to be doing this with Karen week after week. Good and I'm you. very happy to be able to introduce special guests that we have today. I'd like to introduce everybody to Avi Steinhardt. Avi is a Avi's a psychotherapist in Brooklyn, and he's here with his um, with his co his co-host, and that's Louis the Monster. So Hello. Avi. Hello, people.
0: Hey, Louie, I am your number
2: oh. one fan. I think I knew that. Thank you, Karen. It's such an honor to be here. And thank you, Rabbi. Oh, Rabbi, go on, please. We interrupted.
1: <laughs> I just want to say, Avi and Louie, have done some very special work over the last uh, more than a year and a half. And Avi and Louis, you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing? Um, yeah, we've, uh, since the pandemic
2: started about a year and a half ago, Louis and I have been making videos, usually a couple times a week. And uh, we try to keep up with uh, things that have been going on. And, well, we enter into people's confusion. And sometimes we have, you know, we have different responses to the things going on over here. Sometimes we look to poetry or comedy or music or old stories. And uh, we're called Monster Insight. And as you can hear... It's hard to explain.
0: (laughs) Well, what I want to say, welcome, guys, welcome. What I know is that I have been following Monster Insight since the beginning of COVID, and you both have been holding space for me. You have been holding space for my anger, my frustration, my fear, my overwhelm, and you can... Shift me in a different direction, or you can allow me to feel even bigger what I'm feeling. But Rabbi and I have been talking, getting ready for Rosh Hashanah, like where we are, how we are, and who we are. And that just seemed like a perfect opening for you guys because we're talking about self reflection and without being offensive. I'm calling it monster big feelings because that's what's going on in my world for the last year. And it's explosive feelings. It is off the rails feelings and both from a monster expertise and a psychotherapist expertise, help us with Russia. Hash- we'll have rabbi help with the Russia shana maybe, but help us guys orient to these big, sorry to say monster feelings.
2: Don't be sorry at all. I don't take any offense to that, do I? Do we? Not at all, no. I mean, some people mean mean things when they say monster, but qualifying feelings, I get it. You know, monster, it comes from the old Latin, and the word it comes from is moner. And moner means something like omen or warning. So, in fact, feelings are often just like monsters in that way. You know, it's people that tend to then take monsters and totally demonize them. And guess what? Light bulb moment, they do that with feelings, too.
0: Okay, I get it even more than I did when you first called it Monster Insights. Rabbi?
1: So, we're approaching Rosh Hashanah, and there are many different many different levels to that day. But certainly one of them is this notion that we're standing before an awesome power, bigger than any one of us, with the realization that we don't know what the year ahead is going to bring. My sense is the last couple years have brought that home very clearly to us, this great uncertainty. You know, in Rosh Hashanah liturgy, it says there's a book that's opened up and in it's written, who shall live and who shall die. And none of us can know that. How do you, you know, like, how do you walk people through uncertainty? What do you what do? you do? Maybe Avi, you can start with this as a psychotherapist, this great uncertainty that we're living with. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> I'm leaning in.
2: <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think that You know, panic happens when we think that we shouldn't be uncertain. Um, That's like what feelings told. That's right. So So that we really become problematic and things become more chaotic when we imagine that it should be otherwise. So if I'm trying to walk someone through uncertainty, often... A lot of energy and attention is going to get pulled in the direction of me continuing to let that person know that it's perfectly natural and healthy to be uncertain at a time like this, and that it might even be called for. Yeah, called for.
0: So part of this podcast, you may not know this yet because it's just been launching, is that it's a rabbi and a teacher walk into a
2: podcast
0: for parents of young children, Full so, oh,
2: confession: I'm not even sure what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just a conversation. But what I, as you talk about walking someone into uncertainty, I want to ask how we do this for children, and I know that Rabbi Steinhardt has some has a really personal question, a uh, perspective to ask you.
1: Well, I think that. Avi, my sense is, by the way, I don't know if we said this, but Avi's my son. That's the similarities in name. I think that you've learned a lot and expressed a lot uh, through Louie over the last few years. Um, But I also know that you you have a four-year-old daughter, Aya. Um, What has Aya taught you about the emotional expressions of of very young children? By the way, Aya just... Turned four.
2: Yeah, that's a good question, Rabbi. Um, that is a good question, and i i don't I don't think that I could cover what you taught me in one podcast episode. The first thing that just came to mind, though, when it comes to those feelings, is like with so many things, the wild is dangerous and necessary both in nature both in nature and in ourselves we need wild energy to be creative to be adaptive sometimes to really enter in to realms we don't understand and we also know that those same areas can be perilous and dangerous and i think that my child is a reminder of how close those things live together and how an expert you always feel as a parent to try to walk that line with them, to allow the wild to be because it's necessary. Like we need the wild to thrive, for instance, in our world for things ecologically to hold together. We can't keep taming it all to feel safer. That's also with other people, by the way, and the limited control we have over them. Thank you, Louis. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. And you know, as a parent, like I said before, with regard to uncertainty, you know, we react to our kids the worst when we think we are supposed to feel powerful, and when we forget that the actual true experience is powerlessness. And when we can act from that place, then we might be a little more artful in helping keep things safe enough. Right, right.
0: So the artfulness is that, because I'm nodding with you for every parent that's listening. You walk that tightrope every day, Um, validating, honoring, hearing, allowing them to be explosive to reveal what they can't express calmly patiently logically rationally <laughs> and and even that they still live in all the contradictions that we pretend are can be are neatly consistent and you have to keep them safe and
2: you not, have only, to- not only that but you don't want your household to well look we know from Carl Jung that growth Is differentiation so this defiance and pushback is necessary and healthy, but it's not just keeping them physically safe. It's also how do we keep this from becoming an environment of conflict all the time? Right, right. How can we allow all this pushback but still have some peace and Mm -hmm. harmony between us? Oh, that's tricky, huh?
0: Okay, we've (laughs) gotten to the how. We've gotten to the how. So we we're, we're talking about big monster feelings. We we want everyone to be fearless and courageous when we feel them in ourselves or when we see them in the people we love or even strangers. How? How can we respond? Both micro, in, in a moment, in a family, or for Rabbi, for a new year as we set a, a focus for ourselves going forward.
1: Can I add something here? Um, and this is kind of like a generational transitional perspective or observation. Cause I remember as a little kid, I, I specifically remember there were times where my mother or father would say to me, don't be sad or don't be angry. And it would try to like realign me emotionally and cause a kind of dep- a repression of those emotions. I remember then later as a father um, trying to allow Avi and the kids, my other kids, to be able to express those feelings and how uncomfortable they made me. And now I watch Avi and Gabriel and Noah as parents, and they are freer than I was. And they are able to allow their kids to give voice to their feelings. And Avi once taught me something, probably from a Mr. Rogers. Um, episode that I saw, but didn't remember about feelings. Avi, can you recall what Mr. Rogers said about feelings?
2: Well, I think he might be referring to when he actually presented before the Congress and had to make a a defense against public television because they were threatening to defund them. And he said, uh, I, I remember the quote pretty well. He said, I strongly believe that if we can just teach children that feelings are mentionable and manageable, then we will have done a great service for mental health in this country. And it's still, that's still essentially countercultural. That's still radical, I think, all these years later. And people take it for granted and they think of Mr. Rogers as being cliche. But what he's suggesting is still not what you really see
0: tell
2: me what tell, me what tell me explain uh, people people still want to be in control and and you know people still want to be able to interpret and get around these things in themselves and you know their kids represent their own lack of power they rec- you know they're uh, the poet david white said they're outer emblems of our own inner, inner raw sense of powerlessness
1: True. and
2: um <laughs> You know, not, there's not many of us, and I might be an exception here, that were given any kind of example of how you can be an adult and be in touch with those kinds of feelings.
0: Well, let me give well, you back me, a word that Rabbi used about himself. He said, I felt discomfort when my children were, f- were in these expressive moments. Yes. I don't believe that has changed at all. I think when you see your children falling apart, melting down, running into walls, ceilings, oh, the, floors, the discomfort is overwhelming. So where's that? there's my first, there's a, there's one little how, where, do, what do you do first
2: with discomfort? Mm, with my own? As a parent? As a parent. Oh, this is a good one too. By the way, you are fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think acknowledging it is always that's, that's what I was going to say. You always have to acknowledge it first. And, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about how the only timeouts that we believe in are the ones that the parent needs. And that's a real thing, you know. You can know that maybe you wish you were more patient right now, but if you're not, you better go in the other room and blow some air out the window.
1: I think it's, um, it's, um, as uh, Louis said, this idea of acknowledgement. I think when we see our kid acting out angry, banging their head against the wall, throwing something, whatever, I do think that the parent needs to say to the child, I see how angry you are. Why are you so angry? Or let's see, you know, or figure out another way to express that that's not harmful to the kid or the environment.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't always go for the why because the kid of course can't always answer that. But I do think that redirecting and sometimes the, the trick, the, the artfulness there is understanding that what they need to do is push back. So if you're only giving them, if, you're only, if you give them all the suggestions of how to be safe, Well, they're not going to take any of them. You know, you've got to leave some open for them to choose Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because defiance is the name of the game in some of those moments. And the tricky balance also of allowing them to be these things and getting them to behave in a society. Not only that, but a society with rules that are popping up by the week.
0: Uh, That's such a big, there's a whole nother podcast is how do you teach those choices? How do you as a family select? um, Here's where our, here's where we are. Here's where our values are. Here's where our priorities are. Here's where our disconnects have to be in order. As you had said before, the monster feelings are going to create chaos. So the phrase that I use and it's, it's another cliche, but it's like sanity first, like don't, yeah. but, but if we're, if we're, what's, what will help our family function right here, right now and, right. and, and separate that out from all those yeah. other pressures.
2: And that, um, that often does not look like play That's right. But, yeah.
0: Right. Okay. Um, Rabbi is there is there a universal close Uh, for Rosh Hashanah uh, go ahead
2: I was gonna say one other thing just with the how because we talked about the how with in the moment of difficulty and we talked about the how with you know responding to your own reactions to the thing as a parent right but we didn't talk about holistically and I know we're short on time but I did want to say creating opportunities for wildness can help. And, you know, checking yourself with how much you can tolerate of dance time, of silly time. Because I'll tell you a secret, parents. It gets annoying. But if you can tolerate more of it and allow more there, there might be less sometimes on the other ends. So that's just a couple thoughts. so, So, So,
0: yeah. Teacher and me, let me just throw out because I'm here to say the play matters. And if you don't have a low tolerance for joining your children's play, bring them to yours. And the thing that I know about watching Louis and Aya is they share nature, they share wonder, they share the bigness of the world, as you do as a parent as well, as a family. So a lot knowing that that those resets that bring us back to wholeness and maybe that's part of the how is that yes make sure you have routines that work make sure you have space in your days for for all of the fallout but look for those things that create wholeness in yourself in your family in your children in your pets yeah. in our world which is I just want to ask-
2: I just wanted to say quickly that just for the record that, you know, I've been running a mental health practice from home since the pandemic started in a 700 square foot apartment with a really powerful kid. And we have not achieved anything close to balance, but in our awareness of the imbalance, we somehow keep figuring out ways to respond to it. Well, that's good, Avi. That was good.
0: It's uh, in our. It's very good. Thanks, Louis.
1: You know what you don't know, Karen. Well, you may know from from uh, seeing their pictures, but they also have a large dog. And Avi, you should be very happy that your dog doesn't bark a lot, because I've been getting notes from people who are reflecting on their year, and they're talking about just when they have that most important Zoom meeting, the kid starts crying, the kettle starts screaming, and the dog start starts barking. So that's yeah. one of those taken care of.
2: We have a kid that is wild and a dog that is not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> May it be a blessed wild New Year for all of us.
2: Oh yeah. So I'll, I'll close God. with one Love
1: little you. metaphor from Rosh Hashanah, and that is, you know, we speak about all of these things, but some of the, a lot of what we speak about is really outside of the world of language, and it enters into a more spirited, soulful world and a world without without the words. And maybe the essence of the Rosh Hashanah's service is the blowing of the shofar. And so the blowing of the shofar, you know, is, is an expression of crying for the sadness of this world and the uncertainty and laughing because there still is joy to be found. And it's also an expression of hope that will come together confronting this world, this uncertain world this year. Thanks for uh, joining us, Avi and Louie. It's been really fun for me to be able to be a part of you. I've, I've uh, so admired your work and it makes me very proud. I don't know what my relationship is with you, Louie, but as Avi's father, for sure. And say hi to Aya when you get done, okay?
2: Of course. I love and that I, kid.
0: I look forward to a new year with this podcast, with Rabbi Steinhardt and with Avi and Louis. He, it is Monster Insight. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. He's everywhere. And you really will have support, hope, perspective and a great blue monster by your side through whatever uncertainty is coming in the year ahead. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you so Shout much out. for having us. you Shout out to him.
0: So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week, take care. Wait, 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 one more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend, or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Dearwester, and check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at, at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song, Listen. We are listening. See you next week.